Welcome to this week's Immortal Elite Podcast, where America's military veterans and patriots share their stories to reinforce the values and characteristics that keep the United States the land of the free because of the brave. Immortal Elite Podcast is recorded at the Ranger Outreach Center, The Rock in Uptown Columbus, Georgia, the heart of the Ranger community in the heart of the Ranger community. If you like what you hear, consider supporting Immortal Elite Podcast with a gift to the Ranger Outreach Center at give.gallantfew.org backslash the rock. And we are thankful to be partnered with Three Nails Clothing, a premium Christian activewear brand committed to helping you find your purpose. Proceeds from the sale of Three Nails benefits Agape International Missions fight against human and sex trafficking. And with the code RANGER at checkout, you can save an additional 10% while supporting our mission to provide America's veterans hope and purpose at The Rock. And now it's my pleasure to introduce our audience to a man that I've had the opportunity to get to know over the last three to four months as he's started his transition um, out of the military, Ranger veteran, Quinn Hollingsworth. Quinn, great to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me, Tony. It's great to see you again. I really, really appreciate your time. Brother, I can't wait to tell everybody about the Ranger Angler and, and what you're doing, kind of pursuing your passion as a business. But to start, kind of, you know, usually uncomfortable for us, go ahead and introduce us to, to Quinn Hollingsworth. Where have you been? What have you done? Hey, yeah, thanks, Tony. Um, so Quinn Hollingsworth um, grew up in Central Florida, uh, but really how I got connected to the community. Obviously, you know, I joined the military. Um, this was 2008. I uh, didn't know too much about what a Ranger Battalion, a Ranger Regiment was. Um, they were giving out Ranger contracts in uh, AIT. Thought I was going to Ranger school. Really had no idea. Probably, looking back, probably benefited me a little bit more because um, I didn't know what I was getting into. Anyways, uh, I, I go. I was the last RIP class. You know, you know, I was very blessed. Made it through. Uh, and I ended up getting assigned to 175. Um, and I was in 175 from 2008 to 2018. So, you know, roughly a decade. Um, I was actually, you know, an enabler there. So uh, I was a maintenance guy, but I served from, you know, ranger private, squad leader, all the way up to uh, to platoon sergeant. Um, kind of worked my way out of a job there once I was post platoon sergeant time. Um, and I ended up taking a job down in seventh group uh, in like a senior maintenance supervisor role. And um, yeah, it's kind of where I'm segueing out of the military now and, uh, you know, beginning my transition. So that's, that's pretty much the, the cliff notes for my military career. All right. Well, we appreciate it, Quinn. Uh, you know, a decade of service in the Ranger Regiment is, is something um, to, to be proud of. And uh, much like you, uh, also went through RIP, right? You were actually the last RIP class, which makes you, you can say, I was in the last hard class, right? So you 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 you, you can you can actually you can actually say that. So let let's get into what you're doing now and and your decision making process for starting your own um, charter fishing business, right? Right. Starting a business can be a little bit scary. You're still yeah. in kind of that transition time period. What was the impetus to say? Well, it may not be safe, but I kind of want to go for it. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I'm kind of the type of guy where it's like, 
I go all in, you know, and I, I was really digging around, like, what do I want to do with my life? You know, and I, I've always had a passion for the outdoors. I love hunting. I love fishing. But growing up on the coast of Florida, like I, I grew up doing fishing, whether inshore fishing, saltwater or just around, you know, lakes and ponds throughout the neighborhood. That's just what I did. I was I was really good at it. And then obviously being in first Imperial Ranger Battalion, we were right by the coast. So I went from the beach in Florida growing up to the coast of Savannah and, you know, doing the same type of fishing I did when I was younger. It was, it was always something I had as an outlet, you know? Um, and so especially to, you know, the op tempo and, and Ranger regiment, it's, it's nonstop. It's a meat grinder. And so as opposed to getting back from a deployment and wanting to, you know, crush beers every day or, or however people decompress, uh, I, my it's a thing, Glenn. To our to it our is. audience, it's okay. It's a, we're amongst friends now. You're good. Yeah, yeah. So so my way to decompress was to get out on the water, and uh, that's just kind of I felt always felt that connection to it, and I've always felt drawn to the water, and so I looked at it as an opportunity to do what I love, but also share that passion with others. So that's kind of really where. I decided, hey, I want to be a full-time fishing guide. So did that decision, though, was that something you were thinking about at 175? Or is it, you know, did, did you try to position yourself on the coast of Florida? Or did that job with 7th Group just kind of happen? Or what, what, what was the background there? Uh, so, yes, I, I did. I always knew I wanted to kind of be in the outdoor world. I knew I wanted to be a fishing guide. Um, but, again, when I was... Uh, post platoon sergeant time. I had a great CSM at 175, Sergeant Major Davis. Um, he was like, hey man, where would you like to go? I, I had some buddies within the USOC SOCOM network and they said, hey, uh, there's a job opportunity down in seventh group. And I'm like, well, man, that's the panhandle. I'll be on the water. So he made a few phone calls. Some other people made some phone calls and I ended up getting that job down here. Um, so yes, it was it was a little strategic in nature. You know, I had to keep, I wanted to keep myself near the water uh, if the if the army allowed it. So yeah, I, I kind of worked my way down here. And but but to answer your question, I, I'd always known that I wanted to be a fishing guide. All right, and so I'm you know I'm not not the smartest uh, person when it comes to this fishing guide. What what's that path like? Is it just something you decide to do? Is it based on personal experience? Do you need a license? Or do you just need the trust of the locals? How that to me sounds like something you just don't break into easily. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, uh, with anything, you want to have that good solid foundation. Uh, I, I would, I would bet if you didn't know too much about fishing, it'd probably be pretty hard to just break into the fishing guide world. Um, you might get a few trips here and there, but uh, eventually people are going to call your bluff. Um, and so, you know, uh, the guides that I know, the people that I look up to, that you know, are in the professional fishing world. These are guys that have usually been doing it, you know, 20, 20 plus years um, or grew up on the water. Uh, but, but they at least have a few years of solid experience day in and day out on the water. Um, so, so you build that fishing foundation that you have, um, you know, learning the waters, learning how to target certain species of fish. Um, and then the next step would be to go to sea school. Um, I was lucky uh, in seventh group, uh, I had done some favors for the combat dive section and um, they were bringing sea school for some of the combat divers. They were giving them their captain's license and they were like, hey man, 
we, I know you wanted to be a captain. You talked about it. The army's going to pay for it. Would you want to hop in on the C school? And so I was like, yes, absolutely. Cause you know, it's a few, few thousand dollars to get your captain's license. It's pretty rigorous testing. It's about a month long. Um, so I jumped in on that, ended up getting my captain's license through the army. Um, and then once you have your captain's license, basically, then you're registering with the state of Florida. You need certain insurances, you know, liability coverage. You know, you got to register with the, uh, I guess, DNR, you would call it, but your wildlife with the with the state, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of like little checks and balances along the way. I wouldn't say it's a it's a insurmountable odd to become a, a, a fishing guide. But, you know, it, there is there's a few steps you got to take in order to do that. All right. Okay. And so you decide that this is what you're going to do. Yeah. All right. How, how's the other half of the family feel about this? Because sometimes, you know, we stay in the military. One thing we like about the military, especially after we get out, is we realize even with the chaos that comes with the deployments or the meat grinder uh, right. of some special operations units is there is a level of predictability. First and 15th is going to come every month. You know what's going to happen. You know where to take your kids and your, your family for, for child care. Now it's on those broad shoulders uh, of the man in the mirror. So what was that like with your family, that decision? Yeah, so uh, you're absolutely right, Tony. I mean, yes, the, the military, it, it's, it is a meat grinder and, you know, you're gone a lot. But you're right. That first and 15th, you're going to get a paycheck. You're going to have health insurance. You're getting, you know, you, you know what you're going to get. And, and that was that, that comfortability and familiarity with that was, it was a little, little daunting. Uh, I would say it weighed, weighed more on my shoulders, um, kind of as the provider and, you know, the leader of the family, it was, it was something like, man, you're, I'm really taking a gamble here. Um, I, I've been very blessed. I, I was married the entire time I've been in the army and I, I have a wonderful wife who is super supportive. She saw and believed in my dream. She saw my vision. We crunched numbers and, you know, we, we, we planned accordingly, should we have a little, you know, a few hiccups along the way financially, but, um, she believed in me and she was like, get after it, Quinn. I love you. And if this is your dream, get your butt out there on the boat and start taking people fishing. So, so that, so that's what you're doing now. So, so, so what is this looking like? You're, you're an inshore guy, right? Yep. Uh, pr primarily inshore guy. I guess it's all based on your boat. Your boat's probably going to dictate where you're going to go uh, a, a little bit, but what is it about that inshore uh, fishing where you're at that makes it maybe more unique than other places? Right. So I, I do specialize in inshore and, and we're in the area called the Emerald coast. Um, beautiful waters. If you've been down here, um, <coughs> excuse me, but uh, I, I guess it really goes back to my foundation uh, of fishing style that I did growing up. Right. Um, there's guys who I had buddies who were offshore guys, you know, growing up. And for me, it was inshore. And so it's just what I knew how to do, doing it with my granddad, with my dad as a young kid. Um, and so I had that familiarity. And so I knew that if I were to break into the inshore market, I would already have that solid foundation of how to how to fish fish like that. Um, and then this area, right? So beautiful crystal clear waters. Um, it's a it's a pretty good sight fishery. And, and what I mean by sight fishery is that's you're getting up on your boat and you're like, hey, there's a redfish, thirty yards, nine o'clock, hit it. Um, and so <laughs> you call for fire on fishing now all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah. So 
that was uh, that was kind of a, a big a big uh, deciding factor. You know, the location, the familiarity of what I had grown up doing, and just being able to share that with others. And so that's why I said, hey, I'm I'm going to be an inshore guy. So so what what's providing you the joy? Is it is it being on the water? Is it the fact that this allows you to fish yourself? Is it seeing uh, folks uh, enjoying the outdoors like you? What kind of brings you that satisfaction? Yeah, so they say uh, it's it's a funny saying within like the guide community. It's uh, hey, if you love fishing, don't become a fishing guide because you won't fish anymore because you're taking everybody else fishing. Um, so I would be lying if I say that I'm on the water every day, you know, with my fishing rod catching fish. Um, but what what brings me the joy is my clients. They are my fishing rod now, and so I'm able to teach, coach, and mentor my clients on the water how to get on the fish. I explain the fisheries to them. I show them, you know, the diverse ecosystems that we have. I explain to them about conservation. I explain to them how to catch fish, techniques to use, things that they can take back to their area, you know, because one of the main fish I target is called a redfish or a red drum. And uh, I don't care if you're in Virginia or you're in the bottom of Texas, a redfish is a redfish and you can target them. You know, you may have to switch it up a little bit, but for the most part, you can target them the same anywhere you're at. And so I like, I like to be able to show those clients how to catch those fish. Uh, you know, and again, like they are my fishing rod, they're an extension of me and I get so fired up. You know, I, I, I'll have a client on the boat who's never caught a redfish and we pull in like a big 32, 40 inch redfish and the smile on their face. Sometimes I'm more fired up. I'm like, yes, woo. Like, you know, high five and I, I'm, I'm all about it. And so I would say that's what really brings me the joy is just, just being able to, to showcase what we have here and to teach people and to just give them an experience. So tell me then in, in terms of that, you know, experiences are best generally shared right, right? In, in, in a community. So like, how do the, how do these charters work? Are you doing like two, four, eight? Is it generally pairs? Is it a father, son? You know, if, if you were going to invest in doing something like this, like how do, how do you like really have a great experience? Should somebody get that down there like a day prior, enjoy a good night's sleep, expect to get up early in the morning? Like what would make a good experience for someone trying this for the for the first time? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, majority of my clients are tourists. I would say 90, 90% of my clients are from out of town. They're staying in the Santa Rosa Beach, 30A, uh, 30A area. And so I kind of have a couple different packages that I offer people. So we can do a half day uh, morning trip, which would start at 630. Um, you know, if you're an early riser, uh, I meet my clients at 630. I have everything ready for them. I got the fishing poles, licenses, tackle, ice. All they got to do is show up with a can-do attitude and a little bit of sunblock. Um, and we'll fish for about four hours um, in the morning, about 630 to 1030. Uh, and then about that time is when the bite's kind of like starting to die off. I also offer that same trip, but from about a 2 to 6 p.m., um, say you're like, I have some people are like, dude, I'm not waking up at six 30 in the morning. I'm like, Hey, too easy. I have an afternoon, afternoon trip for you. And so I'll give them a, I offer a four hour afternoon. And then I also offer a two hour kids trip, um, or introductory to inshore fishing trip. That is, it's pretty short and sweet. Hey, if you're, you know, you're, you're crunched for time, meet me down by the boat ramp. I pick you up. 
everything's ready to go. We go fish for two hours, catch some fish, show you about the, the uh, fishery here, and they're back in time for dinner. So those are a couple of the options that, that I uh, have for, for clients. And so when you say mostly tourists, um, are, are you getting folks who are just trying this for the first time? They, you know, went in Rome, you know, went in the panhandle, go fishing, or is it people that are experienced? Yeah, it's definitely a mixed bag. I would say probably 60 to 70% are people who don't really fish at all. I mean, I've taken, uh, I took a client, he was 74 years old, uh, him uh, just by himself, and he had never fished. Uh, he said he thinks he had fished when he was younger, you know, with his dad or granddad. He's like, but he's like, honestly, I don't think I've ever really fished that much. Uh, and so he's like, I just feel like going fishing. He's like, I'm getting older. I want to experience it. And I'm like too easy, man. You know, I'd love to have you. And so, you know, it, it could be anybody from a first time fisherman, or it could be a guy who fishes the pro bass circuit. I've taken people like that. It, it's just, it's, it depends. It's kind of a mixed bag, but I would say more of it is, is the, uh, inexperienced, but, uh, person that's looking for an experience. They just want to get out on the water. So now with that, and this is where I'd like, you know, to, to kind of give back a little bit, kind of share some of your lessons learned, the good, the bad, the ugly, in terms of being a business owner, um, what I just heard is, you know, reliance on the on tourism can be dangerous. In a place like, you got bad bad weather, you got some hurricanes or something like that, and, and yeah. on on the Gulf, you know, uh, a, a good prime week now becomes a a, a dead week um, right. per se for you. So you probably learned some things. Uh, probably doing a lot of marketing, especially if it's transit. Well, what are some things that you have learned that you you've picked up on? um, that, that are, that are, uh, helping you kind of, kind of reach, reach your target audience. Um, so social media has been huge. Um, that, that's, that's probably been one of my biggest driving factors. And then word of mouth, um, I took an awesome course, uh, and I had a great mentor and teacher who told me the importance of a handwritten letter. And so I try to send my, my clients handwritten letters and I've had a lot of great feedback. Hey, Hey, really enjoyed you fishing with us. It was awesome time. And or really enjoyed fishing with you. We had an awesome time, you know, and I'll send it to them. And I've gotten tons and tons of re, uh, word of mouth clients through just little acts like that. Um, but I would say majority of it is really hard pushes on social media, really, you know, sponsored targeting ads for certain demographics. Um, another thing that I learned is a ton of my clients are from the Atlanta area and I get a ton from the Dallas area. And so what I'll do is I'll target ads, you know, for that age demographic, whether Facebook or Instagram, and I'll target them in that general vicinity, the uh, Atlanta area, Dallas, even even some in Louisiana, and so that's that's helped as well. So it, now, social media for like, because I'm on it too, and I, I know yeah. I, I'm on it because I have to be. I think for my job, it kind of, it's kind of a requirement, like in business to turn away uh, clients. Not not really the best business decision you can make. How comfortable are you being on social media? Are you doing that yourself, or are you having somebody else work with you? I am. I'm doing it all myself. Um, I, I one of my best friends growing up is a that's his full time job is social media manager. Uh, and then I have another guy who's really into Google SEO. Um, and so I've been able to kind of pick their brains and, you know, they've given a lot of their own time and, you know, words of advice and, hey, these are the kind of things that you need to to be doing. And so I, I've kind of like taken from from both of those guys and kind of applied it. And, and if I ever have like a question about, you know, like, 
search engine optimization or whatever. I'm hitting up my buddies, pinging them like, hey, man, what do you think about this? And, you know, we'll, he'll go as far as to, you know, telling me what is what's trending on Google for this area. And so, you know, it's just little things like that. But I, I feel pretty, pretty comfortable, you know. I'm an older millennial. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of grew up with the Internet and social media. And so I, I, I feel I feel confident using social media. That, that, that's awesome. And, and I, I just like the idea that, yeah, we're, we're, you can still teach a old dog some new tricks, right? Yeah. Like it, it is a part of business. It's no right. longer an OPSEC violation right. um, to, get, to get new, new clients. So, Quinn, I'm gonna, we'll kind of wrap up here, but I want to give you an opportunity. All right, let, let's talk ranger, angler. Someone's coming down uh, to your area. Like how do, how do, they, how do they link up? Where, where do they go to learn a little bit more? about what you're doing and plan, you know, a first class experience. Yeah. So rangeranglerfishing.com. That's my main website. Um, you can also find me at my handle, uh, at the ranger angler on, uh, Instagram, uh, same with Facebook, ranger angler fishing charters. Uh, you can find me on there. Uh, that's probably some of the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Um, but yeah, that that's, those are my three main, uh, points of contact that people are able to reach, reach out to me on. Awesome. Quinn, I hope that if any ranger is thinking about starting their own business, especially something in the outdoors, they can use you as a resource. And we, we appreciate you Quinn being a ranger for life. Thanks, Tony. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, Quinn, have a great uh, rest of your week down there. Uh, hope, hope the boat is full and uh, the fish, the fish are biting. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Tony. Really appreciate it, man. It was great to have Quinn Hollinsworth on this week's Amore Elite Podcast. Amore Elite Podcast is recorded at the Ranger Outreach Center in Uptown Columbus, Georgia, the heart of the Ranger community in the heart of the Ranger community. If you like what you hear, consider supporting Amore Elite Podcast with a gift to the Ranger Outreach Center at give.gallantfew.org backslash the rock. And we are thankful to be partnered with Three Nails Clothing, a premium Christian activewear brand committed to helping you find your passion. Proceeds from the sale of Three Nails benefit Agape International Missions fight against human and sex trafficking. And with the code RANGER at checkout, you save an additional 10% while supporting our mission to provide America's veterans hope and purpose at The Rock. We hope you enjoyed this week's Amore Elite podcast. And like Dad said, until next time, set the example for others to follow and leave it better than you found it. <laughs>